Hello and welcome to the Adventures of Paul Temple from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We present Peter Cook and Marjorie Westbury in Paul Temple and the Spencer Affair, a radio serial by Francis Durbridge. Episode 3, Introducing Pete Roberts. Now, what exactly happened, Charlie? Well, well, these two chaps I was telling about, they, they knocked me out and dumped me here in the kitchen. I heard a dickens of a noise going on, and, and then I passed out. What do you mean, a dickens of a noise? I, I don't know. It, it sounds to me as if they were tearing the place to pieces. Paul! Paul! What is it? We can't play the record. What do you mean, we can't play it? They've smashed the radiogram. They've what? They've smashed the radiogram to pieces. Blimey, that must have been the noise I heard. But why on earth... Oh, you've got the brandy. Yes, Here, Charlie, take some of this. Oh, thanks. Uh, any better? <coughs> yes, I am, thanks. Yeah. I'm... I'm really okay now, Mr. Temple. That's good. I say, can I have a look at the radiogram? Well, I, I don't think you oh, want I'm to. I'm feeling all right, really. Oh, very well. Let, Come on. Uh, steady now. Yeah. Take it easy, Charlie. Right. Good Lord. Why, they, they haven't touched a blessed thing except the radiogram. They must have been off their rockers. Charlie, do you think you'd recognise the men again? Oh, I don't know. I, I might recognise one of them. It was a tall, dark-looking chap. Oh. Was your head still hurting you? Yeah. Well, just a bit. Well, get to bed, Charlie. We'll deal with this mess. Yes, okay, Mr. Temple. Thanks. Good night, Charlie. I should take some aspirin. Yes, all right, Mr. Temple. Good night. Good, Good night, night, Charlie. Well, they certainly didn't intend us to play the record. Yes, but surely they must realise that we can borrow a gramophone or take the record round to... Mm. You think he's the same as I am? But they're expecting us to go out again to take the record somewhere. Yes. Steve, switch out the light. What are you going to do? Do as I say, darling. Can you see anything? Yes. Just as I thought. There's someone watching the flat. Who is it? Do you know? No, I can't see clearly enough, but there's a man opposite and a taxi parked on the corner. Ah. Go into the study, Stephen. Ring Sir Graham. His private number, I mean. I'll be with you in a minute. Right. Hello? Sir Graham? This is Temple. Oh, hello, Temple. Sir Graham, listen, I've got the record I spoke to Vosper about. Unfortunately, I can't play it. 
Well, I'll explain why later. The point is this. I propose leaving the flat in about ten minutes, and I'm almost certain someone will try to pick me up. Ten minutes? Hmm. I make it ten forty-five. Check? Uh, check. Right, Temple. Now, don't worry. We know what to do. Thank you, Sir Graham. Steve, get me a gramophone record, a ten-inch, the same as this. What are you going to do? I'm going to be a decoy. Oh, but But if I know, Sir Graham, half Scotland Yard will be on my tail. Cab, sir? Oh, thank you. Take me to 27 Melbourne Crescent, please. Yes, sir. I said I wanted to go to Melbourne Crescent. Yes, I know. Well, what's the idea of bringing me into the park? I'll tell you what the idea is. Hmm? Get out. I beg your pardon. You heard what I said. Get out. here. I don't know who you think you're speaking to. I know who I'm speaking to, Chumsey. Your name's Temple. What? How the devil... Get out of the cab and give me the parcel you're carrying. Why do you want the parcel? Now, listen, Chumsey. This isn't 20 questions. Do as I tell you and get out of the cab. And supposing I don't? You see this revolver? I could hardly fail to see it. I trust it isn't as noisy as it looks. Give me that record. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but it's not the record you're expecting. What do you mean? Take a look at it. Catch! Now, my pugilistic friend, who put you up to this? Huh? I I was told to, to pick you up, get the parcel, and take it to a house in Regent's Park. Who told you to do that? Temple. Temple, are you all right? Yes, I'm all right, Sir oh, Graham. Good. But our friend here isn't in such good shape. Take him out of the station. Book him. Oh, what do you mean, book him? You can't arrest me. Have you any... got a license for this revolver? No, no, I haven't. Yeah. Well, it isn't mine, anyway. Now, wait a minute, Parsley. You said you were told to take the parcel to a house in Regent's Park. Oh, yes. Which house? 228. Who told you this? I can't remember his name. No, but I've just remembered yours. You're Eric Lansdale, aren't you? Yes. Don't you think you'd better tell us what this is all about, Lansdale? Well, go on. A fellow called Frost offered me 50 quid to, to pick up Mr. Temple, pinch the parcel and take it to the house in Wheaton's Park. When was this? Oh, about an hour ago. He telephoned me. Said you'd be leaving the flat with a brand paper parcel. When did you first meet this man, Frost? Oh, about two or three months ago. Where? There's a pub called the, the Bronze Heart. Where's that? It's in Stepney. Did you meet him by appointment? Oh, no, I just bumped into him and we, we got talking. I've done one or two odd jobs for him since. What sort of jobs? Oh, just running about. Messages, that sort of thing. All right, Lansdale. Take him down to the station, Sergeant. Oh, what are you talking about? Come on, now. Oh, you can't do this to me. Just because I picked something... Take your hands off me. I gather you've met Lansdale before, Inspector. Yes. He's a dangerous little devil. I wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw him. What about his story? Do you believe him, Vosper? I... uh, I don't know. Oh? I thought you liked Mr. Adrian Frost, Inspector. I do. Still? Well, we can at least see what he's got to say for himself. I've heard some ridiculous stories in my time, but this really beats the lot, Inspector. I take it, then, that you've never heard of Eric Lansdale. I have a large circle of friends, but they don't include taxi drivers. Frost, have you heard of a public house called the Bronze Heart? Yes. Where is it? It's in Stepney. Have you been there? Yes, I. I went there about two months ago. Why? 
Really, Sir Graham, what on earth has my visit to a pub in Stepney got to do with this Eric Lansdale, or whatever you call him? Lansdale says that's where he met you. What, at the Bronze Heart? Yes. But that's absurd. Why did you go to Stepney? I don't see that it's any concern of yours. No, it isn't. But if you don't tell us why you went there, we should probably think the worst, human nature being what it is. Well, if you must know, that's precisely why I went there. What do you mean? Human nature being what it is. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm writing a play. The whole of the second act takes place in the East End of London. I went down to Stepney to, well, to get local colour. That doesn't sound very convincing. I'm not trying to convince you, Inspector. I'm simply telling you the truth. And you're quite sure that during your visit to Stepney you didn't meet Lansdale? I'm quite sure. And you didn't ask Lansdale to get the record for you? I know nothing about the record other than what you've told me. I see. Look, Sir Graham, you've either got to believe me or believe this other fellow. It's up to you. Exactly. Good night, Mr. Frost. Good night. Good night, Frost. Good night. We'd better take you back to your flat, Temple. Then we can pick up the record and go on to Vosper's place. Oh, uh, I take it you've got a gramophone, Vosper? Yes, I have, sir. Good. Well, that's all right, then. Oh, wait a minute. I've left my gloves behind. I shan't be a second. I'm sorry, Frost, but I think I left my gloves behind. Yes, you did. Um, they're on the table there. Oh, thank you. Well, what is it you want to ask me? What makes you think I want to ask you something? You didn't forget your gloves. Didn't I? No. What's on your mind, Temple? Do you keep a diary? A diary? Why? Yes, I do, as a matter of fact. I thought so. Good night. Good night. Oh, uh... My gloves. Oh, why, Mr. Wallace. Good evening, Mrs. Temple. Is your husband in? No, I'm afraid he isn't at the moment. Uh, are you expecting him? Uh, yes. Uh, may I come in for a few minutes? Uh, There's something I want to tell you. Yes, all right. In here, please. When I saw you at the Stardust Club, I was hoping you and your husband would join me for a drink. But I only called to collect something from the cloakroom. Oh, I see. I thought your husband was with you. Is the Stardust a frequent haunt of yours? I've been there once or twice with friends. I see. Mrs. Temple, when I saw your husband the other day, I, I did rather a mean thing, I'm afraid. Did you? Yes, I... quite deliberately... Through suspicion unto Adrian Frost. You're entitled to your opinion, Mr. Wallace. Oh, yes, I know, but... Have you changed your opinion, then, about Frost? Oh, no, not about Frost himself. I still think it's a pity Mary ever met him, but, well, let's face it, I was jealous of him. I always have been. Yes, I know you told my husband that. But you said, too, that your jealousy had nothing whatever to do with your feelings about the murder. Exactly. But I don't think that was strictly true. I was jealous, and I'm afraid I let my jealousy influence me. So you now think that Frost had nothing whatever to do with the murder? Oh, I, I wouldn't say that, but... Well, what would you say, Mr. Wallace? Well, it's just that I wouldn't like to think that anything I'd said about Frost might have influenced your husband. My husband isn't very easily influenced. Now, if you would excuse me... Oh, yes, of course, and thank you for seeing me. Oh, uh, there, there is one other thing. Yes? I don't know what Mr. Temple 
thinks about this new development, the Judy Milton murder. But it hasn't yet been established that she was murdered. In fact, it looks very much like suicide. Oh, I see. So well, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, if it was murder, and your husband thinks that the same person was responsible for both murders, then I feel sure it couldn't have been Frost. Why not? Well, he was a great friend of Judy's. He thought the world of her. Oh, did he? Well, thank you for calling, Mr. Wallace. I'll tell my husband what you've told me. Thank you, Mrs. Temple. You do understand, don't you? Uh, yes. Oh, yes, I, I do indeed. Thank you. You've been most kind. Uh, no, don't bother to show me out. I can find my way. Is that you, Paul? Yes, darling. Are you all right? Yes, of course I am. Oh, what happened? I'll tell you later, Steve. Sir Graham's downstairs with Vosper. We're going round to the inspectors to play the record. Oh, yes. Uh, I've got the record here. Ah. Here it is. Thank you, dear. I'll get my coat. Oh, there's no point in your coming, Steve. Oh, but I got the record. I would like to know what's on it. You shall, the moment I get back. Go to bed, darling. I'll only be an hour or so. Well, I must confess, I, I feel more like bed than anything else at the moment. Give my love to Sir Graham. Yes, all right. Oh, tell the inspector that he's quite right about Peter Wallace. What do you mean? Well, didn't Vosper say it was a crashing ball? Yes. Well, he is. Why do you say that? He was here ten minutes ago. What? Wallace was here? Yes. He said he wanted to see you, and it turned out that he'd simply changed his mind about Adrian Frost. How do you mean, changed his mind? Well, he said he was sorry if he gave you the impression that Frost murdered Mary Dreisler. He said he was just jealousy on his part. Do you think he'd seen Adrian Frost, that pressure had been brought to bear on him? Oh, yes, I suppose he did. Although I didn't think about it at the time. Mm. Well, I'll see you later, Steve. Have you got your key? Yes. And don't answer the door, Steve. If the bell rings... Let it ring. Oh, oh, oh who's there? It's all right, Steve. It's only me. Oh, oh dear. Oh, goodness, I was asleep. What time is it? About half past two. Oh, is it as late as that? Oh, oh. what happened? D did you play the record? Yes, we played it. Well? We sat round the gramophone anticipating all sorts of things, mm -hmm. and we heard a selection from Oklahoma. You heard what? <laughs> a selection from Oklahoma. But the label yes, said... Yes, the label said, my heart and Harry, but that's not what we heard. You should have seen Vosper's face. But... What does it mean? It means... Yes? It means... I'm jolly tired, I'm going to bed. Now, look here. If you think I'm going to be oh, go fond to sleep, of... It... darling. Go oh. to sleep. More toast, Charlie. That's Mr. Temple. Coming up. I do wish he wouldn't say coming up. No, why not? Perfectly good phrase. You haven't eaten your egg. I don't feel like eggs this morning. <laughs> right, but you are in a mood. Yes, I am. 
You haven't told me a thing about last night. Yes, I have. I told you what happened in the park. I told you about the record. <sighs> yes, but you haven't explained anything. <laughs> what do you want me to explain? Well, now, why should Judy Milton leave a gramophone record at that club? And why should the record be labelled My Heart and Harry when it was a selection from uh, Oklahoma? Well, go on. Explain. I can't talk with my mouth full. Oh, really, you are exasperating. <laughs> what is it, Charlie? Well, there's a Miss Gibson at the door, sir. Miss Gibson? Yes, sir. She said she'd like to see you, if you can spare a moment. Well, that must be Terry Gibson, the woman who runs the Stardust mm. Club. Yes, sir, I think it is, Mrs Temple. She used to be on the stage. I recognise her. All right, Charlie, ask her in. Yes, sir. I wonder what she wants. You saw her last night, didn't you? Yes, I spoke to her. I was actually talking to her when Peter Wallace appeared. Did she know Wallace? Yes, I told you. They seemed to know each other quite well. Mm. Miss Gibson, sir. Ah. Good morning, Miss Gibson. Oh, good morning. Oh, dear, am I interrupting your breakfast? If I'd known, no, I no, should no, have No, 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 that's dreamt. quite all right, Miss Gibson. I'm afraid we're being terribly lazy this morning. We had rather a late night. Would you care for some coffee? No, thank you. Oh, please sit down. Thank you. Now, what can I do for you? I think I'd better come straight to the point. As you know, I run the Stardust Club in Regent Street. Yes. Well, the point is this, Mr Temple... I'm a businesswoman, and I like to think I'm no fool. Oh, I'm sure you're no fool, Miss Gibson. I've done well with the club because I provided good food and good entertainment. I know. Also, and believe me, this is very important, there's but... never been a breath of scandal attached to it. But what has all this to do with me? You're investigating a murder case. Well? Well, last night Mrs Temple came to the club and collected something from the ladies' cloakroom. She left in a frantic hurry. She told the cloakroom attendant that her name was Judy Milton. Go on. I'm not interested in the parcel or in your wife's curious behaviour, but I am interested and perturbed at the thought of the club receiving unfavourable publicity. Why should it receive unfavourable publicity? Because my wife picked up a parcel from the cloakroom. Because Mrs Temple said her name was Judy Milton. Judy Milton was found dead the night before last, presumably murdered. Was Miss Milton a friend of yours? No. Then I fail to see why you should be perturbed. I don't want my club to be associated with a murder case. Miss hmm. Gibson, do you know what was in the parcel my wife collected? No. The cloakroom attendant knew. She told my wife that it looked like a gramophone record, which indeed it was. A gramophone record? Yes. Uh, had you any other reason for calling to see me, other than your curiosity about the parcel? Yes, I had. Well... I suddenly realised that everyone connected with the Dreisler murder had at some time or another visited the club. Everyone? Well, Mary Dreisler came frequently with Peter Wallace. Then there was a young man called Adrian Frost, another friend of Mary Dreisler's. And Judy Milton? Yes, she came quite a lot at one time. And Mr Dreisler? Uh, Rupert Dreisler only came once. Was he alone? Yes. He came to see a cabaret artist I'd engaged, a man called Pete Roberts. Oh, yes, I seem to remember reading something about Roberts. Oh, yes, there was quite a bit about him in the newspapers. A lot of theatre people came to see Pete. That's why Dreisler came. Didn't you spot Roberts in a seaside concert well, party? There were so many stories about how I spotted Pete. The fact is, I dropped into a pub one night and he was at the bar singing his head off. He was as drunk as an owl, but, oh, what a voice. What happened? I gave him a six-weeks contract. He was terrific the first night. Got wonderful notices. After that, he was never sober. I stuck it for three weeks, and then I gave him the sack. What is he doing now? Well, the last I heard of him, he was working in a pub at Stepney. What was the name of the pub, do you know? No, I'm afraid I don't. Was it the Bronze Heart? Yes. Yes, now you come to mention it, I believe it was. Hmm. 
Miss Gibson, you say Rupert Dreisler saw Pete Roberts. Uh, did he talk to him at all? Yes, I introduced them. They had a long talk together. What about, do you know? Well, from what Pete told me, Dreisler wanted to take him to America. What was Pete's reaction? He seemed very keen on the idea, but you could never tell with Pete. It's always the same with dipsomaniacs. They never get worked up about anything. Why did he drink? Do you know? I suppose because he liked it. There's usually a good reason, Miss Gibson. A very good reason. Good evening. Good evening, sir. Are uh, you the landlord? That's right. Warren's the name. Oh, my name's Paul Temple. Oh, yes. And what can I get you, Mr. Temple? Well, eventually you can get me whiskey and soda. And one for yourself, if you'd like joining me. Oh, thank you, sir. But first of all, I'm looking for a man called Pete Roberts. Can you help me? Yes, he works here. Oh, is this his night off? Well, uh, not officially. <laughs> what does that mean? When he feels like a night off, he just takes it. As one of the houses, you might say. This is one of those nights. Oh, I see. He may be down later if he feels he can manage the stairs. <laughs> oh, he lives here, then? That's right. He's got a room on the top floor. You can go up and see him if you like, but I doubt if you'll get much sense out of him. Oh, thanks. I'll try. On the top floor, you said? That's right. It's the door facing the window. Oh, how long has he been working for you, Mr. Warren? About six weeks. Uh, is he still on the bottle? He's hardly ever off it. He's a lovely chap, and he's sober, too. Got a smashing voice, you know. Yes, yeah, so I've heard. Well, see you later. Okay, and tell Pete if he can stand, I can do with him down here. May I come in? Who are you? Are you Pete Roberts? That's right. What do you want? I want to have a talk with you. Uh, can I sit down? Well, if you can find a chair. Well, what do you want to talk about? The weather? No, not the weather, Mr. Roberts. Uh, don't call me Mr. Roberts. Call me Pete. Everybody calls me Pete. Everybody. Do you want a drink? No, thanks, but I'll buy you one later. I'll hold you to that. I'll hold you to it, Mr... What did you say your name was? I didn't, but it's Temple. Temple. Name's familiar. Do, do you write books? Yes. Ah, I thought so. Once read a book of yours. Hmm. Uh, didn't like it. <laughs> Sorry. Pete, you remember when you worked at the Stardust Club? Yep. You met a man called Rupert Dreisler. That's right. What did Mr. Dreisler talk to you about? Who? Mr. Dreisler. What did he talk about? Yes. I don't remember. I don't even remember Mr. Dreisler. Yes, you do. He was an Austrian, a tall, heavily built chap. Oh, yes, yes that's right. A f funny accent. <laughs> Couldn't understand half of what he said. What did he talk about, Pete? Who? Mr. Dreisler. Oh, I expect he offered me a job. Wanted to make a star out of me. They all wanted to make a star out of me. It was no use. I told them it was no use. Just drink, drink, drink. That's all I wanted to do. What, what did you say your name was? Pete, what happened the night you met Rupert Dreisler? Huh? What actually happened? Well, let me think. Let me think just a minute. I I was singing a song. Mm -hmm. There was there was the usual racket going on from the waiters. I, I told Terry about it. I, I used to tell her night after night. Can't sing with this racket going on, Terry. I, I just can't sing. 
Peach, you're on form tonight. So are the blasted waiters. You'll have to do something about it, Terry. I, I can't sing with that racket going on. My dear Pete, it's impossible to keep the room dead quiet. Well, you'll have to do something about it. Tell Harry to bring a bottle of scotch to my dressing room. Pete, there. wait a minute. There's someone I want you to meet. Tonight? Yes, it's a man called Dreisler. He's an impresario. I've never heard of him. Tell Harry to bring the scotch up straight No, away. wait a minute. Dreisler's a well-known man. He's presented a lot of important artists, both here and in America. So what? I'm an important yes, artist. Yes, I know that, Pete, but I think you Are ought you to... Are you trouble with the young man, Terry? Pete, this is the gentleman I was telling you about, Mr. Dreisler. Oh, I'm glad to meet you, Mr. Roberts. Are you? Look, I have a bottle of whiskey on my table, Mr. Roberts. I do not like to drink alone. Uh, will you care to join me? Well, just for a few minutes, perhaps. How ah, good. See you later, Terry. There you are, Pete. That's the proposition. But I don't see the proposition. All you've asked me to do is to give an audition. I can give anyone an audition. Look, I don't think you've understood me, Pete. This show I'm producing is a Broadway show. It's going to cost a great deal of money. In New York, musicals are very expensive. Now, I think you could play the lead in this production. You have the right kind of voice, the right kind of personality, but... Um, it's the butt I don't like. But, my dear young man, I've got to convince other people that you can play the lead. In order to convince them, you'll have to agree to an audition. I don't like auditions. If you want me, okay. If you don't want me, that's okay. Look, to... no, Pete, wait, wait a moment, wait a moment. Supposing you don't give an audition, but you make a record for us, a special record. How about that? Hmm? Where would I make the record? In London or New York? Why, in London, of course. But you leave that to me. I'll arrange it. All you've got to do is go along to the recording studio. Well, I've no objection to that, I suppose. But you've got to sing a particular number. I'll let you have a copy of this the first thing tomorrow morning. Okay, okay. And as soon as you've made the record, I'll fly it out to New York. Will, uh, will one morning this week suit you for the recording? I should prefer the afternoon. <clears throat> I'm not so hot in the morning. No, I can understand that. Hmm... Well, I say good night now. Oh, good night. Oh, by the way, the song I've got to sing, what's it called? It's called My Heart and Harry. That was episode three of Paul Temple and the Spencer Affair, a radio serial by Francis Durbridge, with Peter Cook as Paul Temple and Marjorie Westbury as Steve. The part of Eric Lansdale was played by John Graham, Adrian Frost by Simon Lack, and Pete Roberts by Thomas Hethcote. 
Production for the BBC was by Martin C. Webster.